This episode was recorded on the countries of the Bunurong Bunurong and the Wandri Woiwurrung people of the Eastern Kulin Nation. I pay my respect to Elders past and present. I acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, sea and sky, where birds across Australia can thrive. Welcome to The Weekend Birder. I'm your host and new birdwatching buddy, Kirsty Costa. This podcast is here to help you grow your birdwatching knowledge and skills. You will hear stories and advice from the diverse range of humans who make up the birdwatching community. They are going to lend you their smarts and their big hearts as together we explore the world of wild birds. In this episode, you're going to learn from Marilyn Smith. So, Marilyn is my mum, and she's the reason why I am a bird watcher. I grew up looking at insects, staring up at trees, going on bushwalks, and swimming in the ocean. This is all thanks to my parents, who passed on their love of nature and curiosity about the world to me and my brothers. And their love of nature was passed on to them by their parents. I think I've always been interested in nature. Mum and Dad used to take us camping. And on Sundays, we'd go for picnics into the bush. So even though I wasn't looking for birds, I was always interested in the, in what was living in the bushland. Later on, when we retired, we just did a lot of walking in the bush. And I think we just became much more aware of, of birds. And when you're walking, there's not a lot of other animals to see. So you, the songbirds were just everywhere. And that's how we started. So I've been birding probably seriously now for about seven years. When we were first married, we'd often go out into the bush. And because Mark knows an awful lot about insects, he'd be showing me things in the bush. And that just sort of provided a stimulus to look at all things around. Mark is my dad and Marilyn's husband. He's an entomologist and conservationist who's continued his love of science long after retirement. Like many of us, Marilyn's curiosity about wild birds started when she was hanging out in her garden and walking the streets of her neighbourhood. I think it starts off fairly simply and you see the common birds around your your neighbourhood, like the magpies and the parrots. When you're out in the garden, you'll see the same birds that you see every day. So gradually you get to know your local birds. And then I became curious as to what the birds actually were. So we bought a bird book, bird ID book before apps <laughs> and started to sort of work out which birds they were. So instead of thornbills, that there was actually striated thornbills or brown thornbills. And once you've done that, then you start listening to the birds and you can tell which ones they are by listening to their calls or maybe there's some sort of identification in their feathers. Once we started knowing our local birds, then you get a bit more adventurous. And when you're out camping or bushwalking, then you see different birds. So then you start making a list. (laughs) And it gradually builds from there. So, And then I do a lot of reading and um, listening to podcasts and you're gradually building your knowledge up about the birds as you go along, as your interest develops. Marilyn's birdwatching hobby has taken her on many adventures around Australia and the world, including three visits to Africa. But it's a suburban bushland reserve where Marilyn's birdwatching heart feels most at home. 
Wombolano Bushland Reserve is on Wondery Warong Country in Melbourne. It is a five-hectare block of remnant bushland surrounded by houses. The reserve is filled with white stringy bark eucalyptus trees, which Marilyn says is unusual for the area. So when you walk in, the trees are really tall, I don't know, 20 metres or so, and it's very dense undergrowth. So a lot of in one area that's damp, it's, there's a lot of ferns and it's very lush. And then on the ridges around the outside, it's much drier with a lot more grasses and small, small plants sort of up to about a metre. Unfortunately, a lot of the white stringy barks are dying for some reason. So up on the ridges, it's a bit, it's less dense because of that dieback, but it's still a beautiful place to walk. And when I'm there, I could be a million miles away. You know, you can't, most of the time you can't see houses and you can hear a little bit of road noise, but it's just... It's so good for your soul to go walking through that bushland each day. About four years ago, one of my friends said that BirdLife Australia had identified it as a significant bushland area in my local area, and he suggested that we start doing a regular bird watching and counting um, just to see what was there. So. We've been doing it for a while now and we have two other people with us. So we've got a little band of four and we do two 20-minute walks called Transex and we do exactly the same path. We do it once a month. So we know where those local birds are. We know what they are. And then occasionally you get a surprise. And over the years we've realised like when there's a particular tree that's got berries on it, we get the golden whistlers come in but they're not there at any other time of the year. They're only there when the berries are in fruit. And we know that the little thornbills and the um, white-browed scrub wrens and the grey fantails, they all hang out together and there's two patches of little bushland that that's where they are always. We only have one grey butcher bird that sings its little heart out and we have lots of parrots that are fighting amongst themselves. So you sort of really get to know the birds and you get to know them by flight because you see them flying all the time and by song and as well by their colours. So it's just great to know those birds so well. Marilyn has practised how to identify different wild birds by getting to know what is living in her area, like the red wattle bird. Well, one way of telling is just its tail feathers because they they fan out in a concave shape and then when they're flying they sort of go flap flap glide flap flap glide flap flap glide so you know that that is a wattle bird whereas if you like if I'm looking at the king parrots you know it's a king parrot because the outline is so much larger than they are crimson rosella, which is also a bit red. So these are the things that you get to know when you know your local birds. What I love about birds is just the variety of behaviours that they have. 
like even our local magpie who comes and just about digs the worms out of our garden as I'm digging digging up the weeds. And I didn't realise that, you know, they've turned their heads on the side and they're listening for the worms. So it's just fascinating when you start learning about why birds do different things and that they're actually really intelligent and they talk to each other, you know, through their song. So I find, I find that amazing. And what I like about bird watching is just getting out in the bush, but also that you get to go some really great places that you would never, ever go to if you weren't looking for a particular bird. After Marilyn developed her birdwatching confidence and expertise, she decided to put her knowledge and skills to work by joining volunteer groups. This has enabled her to activate her commitment to science and conservation and learn heaps more about wild birds from different people. I volunteer for a few different groups. One is the Wombolana group, another one is the Field Nats, and the other group is the Victorian Way to Study group. And all of those groups work with an institute or an organisation that uses the data for research. And I just think that that is so important because unless we can demonstrate something through research, then it simply doesn't happen. So with the Victorian Way to Study Group, we look at shorebirds and we work with Deakin University. And with the field gnats, it's with um, the Victorian National Parks. And of course, with Wombo, it's BirdLife Australia. And it's been demonstrated to me on a number of occasions how they have used that research to try and protect birds' habitat and also just understand where, why birds are doing the things they're doing. There's so much pressure on our natural environment that we really need that data to be able to stand up against the pressures that are, on, that are affecting birds. It's great being along to those uh, volunteering groups because you meet like-minded people of all ages and as well you get you learn from them. Um, often with the Victorian Way to Study group, we have PhD or uh, master's students who are looking at a specific um, topic and they're very happy to share that with you, which is fantastic. So you learn as much as as you're giving to the organisation. And with the field gnats, working alongside the Parks Vic people as well as the other volunteers who often have a lot more knowledge than I have, it is just a great way of learning and sharing that information together as well doing something really positive for the environment. Marilyn encourages us all to embrace our birdwatcher identity, even if there are awkward moments with family and friends. She reminds us, though, not to take ourselves too seriously. I think birders, they just love birds. They like getting out in nature and happy to see any birds. I don't mind what. I can easily go to an area, and even if I'm still seeing red wattle birds and magpies and rosellas, I'm still happy, really happy to see those birds and just watch them interact and listen to them. My birder identity in my social life for some people is just very funny and they laugh a lot and make jokes about the fact that I'm a bird nerd. But for other people, it really sparks their interest and they're quite fascinated 
by uh, what we do, and and the and again, they are interested in in when you start sharing some information about the birds. So it's it's interesting the different reactions you have. I think though, as long as you show that this is you're a bit passionate and you laugh at yourself. On this podcast, we are going to hear lots of people share their favourite birdwatching tools. Here are some of Marilyn's. I love my binoculars. I mean, I think it takes a long, quite a long time of practice to get used to using binoculars. And I would encourage everyone who's starting out just to pick up their binoculars each day, even if you just go outside and just use them for a few minutes. So that's one of my favourite tools. I also love eBird because I can look at an area that we might want to go and visit and just see what other people have been seeing. And if it's a bird that I don't know very well, I can just listen to the calls and and look at some pictures of it so that I might recognise it when I'm out in the bushland. I also, I use PK Birds as my app, which is a great app. And PK also gives... You can listen to the sounds on that app before you go out or just if you hear the bird in the bush, you can quietly listen to the to the app and see whether it is the bird that you think it is. So they're the sort of tools that we, we use. We also have a book called, we call the Bird Bible, which is a blue book <laughs> of, the, um, of Australian birds. And if there's a bird that really stumps us, it's great to be able to go to that resource, um, which gives a lot more information and try and work out which bird it is. I suppose the other favourite thing is my husband because he's got a camera with a really long lens and he can take photos of birds up in a tree and then we can try later on to work out what it is. So we'd use all those different In future tools. Weekend Birder episodes, you will learn how to use binoculars to look at birds how to use books and apps to identify birds, and how to use citizen science platforms like eBird to contribute real data to bird research. You're also going to hear different pieces of advice that will help you level up your birdwatching abilities. Here are Marilyn's words of wisdom. My advice would be is just have fun. Get out in nature. You might see birds, but you also might see other things, orchids, fungi, trees, you know, when you're looking for birds, you see lots of other things in the bush and I think you just enjoy all of it. But don't try and maybe identify every bird. Just go out with, with a few birds in mind that you might want to see and just look for those. Listen for them and see if you can work out something about them, like are they birds on the ground or are they birds up in bushes or up in the trees? So have a little bit of information about your bird that you want to see so that you can find it in the bushland. But just be aware of the birds that are in your backyard and start there when you're gardening or, you know, even just going out to the letterbox stop, listen and look for some birds. They're often up on the electrical wires, even, the bird, you know, the, your local pigeons and, you know, they're interesting birds even if they're introduced birds. I think that birding is is fantastic for your mental health as well because if I'm feeling a bit anxious or a bit worried about something I can take my binoculars and go up to my local bushland area and just spend half an hour just walking around or even walking around the streets looking at birds and it just takes your mind off 
all those concerns. I feel calmer and happier when I come home. So I think bird watching is fantastic for all parts of your health because <laughs> you get a walk, <laughs> you get calmed down, and you get excited about things. Many thanks to Marilyn, my mum, for being the first ever guest on this podcast. Her love and mentorship is why I'm a bird watcher, nature lover, and teacher. A transcript for this episode can be found on our website, weekendbirder.com. You'll also find links to different resources and our social media accounts so you can ask questions and learn more.